following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. How y'all feeling tonight? All right? Everybody good? Everybody good? All right. All right. I've been, uh, been battling some things, but I'm going to see my good friend, Dr. Stewart, tomorrow, and he'll have me fixed up, and I'll be rolling like Old Man River again. <laughs> but <clears throat> got a little croup, got a little leg problem, got a little back problem, nothing that a good doctor can't fix. But I'm loving being here tonight. And I, uh, I, I count it a privilege. You know, when I first came to this church back in 1990, and there was a few people that were here, I, I, felt, I felt impressed that God was going to do something great. I had what we call audacious faith. I had audacious faith. Now, did I see this? No, not really. But in the process of time, I began to see what I'm seeing tonight and what I saw this last Sunday. We had a record attendance post post 2020, post 2020, post all the pandemic, a record attendance last Sunday just for a normal service, not counting Easter. Give a, give a hand to the Lord for that. That's good stuff. And you know what? We're seeing people come back that uh, we, we, we thought had gone missing in action. And they're coming back to the house of the Lord. And I'm talking to people online here right now. We'd love to see you back. Things are safe around here. We're taking precautions. We do the right stuff in this church. We wear masks and then we take them off when we want to and praise the Lord and we put them back on if you want to hear the word through a mask or uh, whatever you want to do. But this is a safe place. You know why? Because God's in this house. We're not here. We're not here trying to party. We're not here trying to, trying to get close to everybody. We're here to magnify the name of the Lord. And He has taken care of us. He said, I'll be a wall of fire around you and I'll be walking in the midst of you. And so we believe that kind of God. We trust that kind of God. And we put our confidence in that kind of God. And we're here tonight on Wednesday night. Now, we started, we started a series three weeks ago, uh, uh, April the 7th. It was three days after uh, Easter. <laughs> we started a series called Audacious Faith. And I did the first part Pastor Brad did last week, and I'm coming back today for the third week. And we're probably going to go five weeks with this. We're probably going to go five weeks with this because there's things I still want to preach after I get through tonight. And I'm going to take a little time tonight. I won't hold you long. I really, really won't. It's before eight, and I'll have you out of here before 10. I promise. You're the kindest people on the planet. Would you stand? You're great people, and I love you very, very much. What an honor. I give honor to my wife tonight. She's precious. I give honor to my family. I give honor to the church family. I give honor to everybody that's hurting and everybody that's helping. I give honor to everybody. We're glad to see you in church tonight. Everybody say audacious faith. Audacious. Now, before I, before I go any further, we, we had, we've had some people come around and decorate some rooms and and we've got a, we've got a uh, praise and worship green room over here that's just for the praise and worship team. And they're pretty excited. So they all took a word to write and they wrote a word to put on a wall. And I want to show it to you. Put it up there, guys. I want to show this, I want to show this to you. There it is. Oh, I thought they was going to put it up here. 
Is that cool or what? That's on one of the walls. That's an accent wall. Worship, Christ, excitement, lifestyle. Beautiful. Isn't that nice? If you want to get a peek of that when church is over, go out this way and go right down, I think, room 105 or something. You can just poke your head in there and look at it. It's pretty neat. I love it. I walked in the other day and I saw it. I didn't even know it was happening. I just pastor here. <laughs> I just do my part. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, I'm glad to be in God's house. You may be seated. April the 7th, we begin a series about audacious faith and on the heels of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants our faith to be healed. God is a true faith healer. <laughs> He's a faith healer. He heals our faith. Audacious faith, to be daring, to be bold. Audacity makes regular people behave with boldness or daring, especially with confident disregard of personal comfort or conventional thought. In Joshua chapter 10, Joshua was in the middle of a battle, a very important battle, gaining ground on the enemy. He was living in the promised land, realizing the sun was going to go down before the battle could be won. He saw the most negative thing that could be happening in his life that day. Critical. It was a natural interference of a once-in-a-lifetime victory. He needed the impossible to be made possible. So he prayed for the sun to stand still. And it's still one of the most interesting prayers ever prayed in the Bible because the sun never moves. It never moves. It's always stationary. Everything revolves around it. Yet he prayed and commanded the sun to stop over Gibeon and the moon to stay over the valley of Ajalon. It was a true test of real faith. You know, I've thought about it many times. This has nothing to do with what I'm preaching. I'm just going to share something with you. I think it's pretty cool. I said, I said to myself today, I said, I think I'm going to tell them I'm going to give them a pop test tonight and see how well they listened when I get through preaching tonight. But don't worry, I'm just teasing. It's not going to happen because I'm afraid of the results myself. I'm going to preach and I, I might forget what I preached, you know. <laughs> but few people enjoy taking pop quizzes, even in college. I had one professor that just gave them all the time and I couldn't stand him. And I went up and told him one day, I said, if you want me to start liking you, quit giving those pop tests. <laughs> he loved me. Some of our college youths would say amen to that. Test elevate your anxiety level so people will do some crazy things to prepare themselves for a test. But I read something from a book called Cross Your Fingers and Spit in Your Hat by Alvin Schwartz. And he, he, he wrote about some superstitions that one ought to do if they're going to take a test. First of all, he said, don't shave. That means men's beard and women's legs. Don't shave. <laughs> he said, wear your socks and underwear inside out and your shirt or blouse, put them on backwards. <laughs> He's a he said, carry with you a dog tooth or a rabbit's foot or some charm that you depend on. Step on every crack in the sidewalk on your way to school or don't step on any of them. Use the same pen or pencil you used the last time you passed a test or use a new one that has never made a mistake. Sit at the same desk that you sat at last time. Always cross your legs. I don't know what that means. And if you still think you will have trouble, swallow a live goldfish. It'll make you even more intelligent. Then he wrote, sickly intelligent. Just having a little fun, now I'm going to talk. 
I'm not sure that any of these suggestions are a sign of intelligence, but I guess some people need every edge they can get. It's never fun to take a test. So, I want you to listen. Bold, audacious prayers don't scare God. In fact, they honor God. And in turn, God honors audacious, sun stand still kind of prayers. And if your prayer requests aren't impossible to you, they may be insulting to God. If I can get you to do anything these next three weeks, I want you to start praying bigger and bolder and more audacious prayers than you've ever prayed in your life. You know why? Because we're entering a season of the church that the church needs to rise up and not pray these little old dinky prayers. Help me out today, God. We need to open up our hearts and open up our mouths and open up our spirits and pray massive prayers, big prayers, audacious prayers. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. What I've discovered from my own journey is that my view of God, which at times may be a little twisted due to the circumstances of the journey I've been on, has caused me to see God not as He is, but as I have created Him in my mind. And as a young man, I saw God as distant and angry at me a lot. Let me talk to you. I went to a very legalistic church as a child. I'm not ashamed to say that. God has saved me by His grace and put me in a new path, a path that I love. And some of you may struggle with the view of God that has Him being mean and harsh and punishing and not a father who loves you and wants the best for you. The second thing I did is I carried a lot of guilt in my life as a child, fear, thinking I was not sufficient in Him. I needed more than Him. And some may struggle with the same problem here tonight. Can I declare to you, God loves keeping promises. He loves answering your boldest prayers. He loves performing the miraculous in your life and helping His children reach their dreams. Can you receive that tonight? That's who He is. That's what He's all about. So the bolder your prayers are, the more glory He gets when he answers them, when he shows up big in your life. In fact, I'm going to say this statement right here. God gets the most glory in our lives when our human impotence intersects with his omnipotence. When our nothing intercepts with his all-powerful presence of being in his life. When our faith intersects with his faithfulness, huge things happen. I want you to open your mouth because we're going to declare some things tonight. I want you to open your mouth and say, God, I want to intersect with you. Whatever I, I lack, I want you to attack. And whatever I pray, I will believe that you will answer that. If your view of God is small or just off and you don't realize how big God is, or if you don't realize that this great God is for you and not against you, then you'll pray small, you'll pray selfish, you'll pray timid prayers. And you'll dream small. And you'll dream self-centered. And you'll dream that God won't be able to do for you what He's capable of doing in your life. Most of us believe in God, but too many of us don't believe He does anything. In fact, I've had people come to me and they said, you know, God doesn't do a whole lot in people's life. 
It's God that does it all in your life. And whatever manifest presence he uses to get that done, God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. He's all in all. He made us all. He sent Jesus to die for us. The Holy Ghost has come to, to emancipate us. I'm here to declare to you, God is everything. He's above all, through all, and in us all. So how do you view God? We all need clarity on who God is and what he's about. Listen, whether you pray small, weak prayers or whether you pray bold, audacious prayers, either way, they will shape your life. They will shape your faith and they will chart the trajectory of who you are. So you might as well learn to pray God-ordained and God-honoring prayers. God wants to show up in your life. So I'm going to preach two principles tonight. I'm going to teach two principles tonight. The first one is this. Longevity in God does not mean audacious sun stand still faith. There's some people that's been around a long time. Instead of their faith getting stronger, their faith has gotten weaker. And there's some people that walk in right off the street that just got saved that, that wants to go out and fight all of hell because they've got a God on their side. And then there's some people that's been in the church a long time that you hang around them and you say, my, 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 how did you grow that faith? That faith is awesome. It's unbelievable. It's off the chart. And then there's people that just came in and found God that thinks, well, this circus will end. It'll be over. And I'll wake up again one day in the same pit that I was dug out of. No, you won't. No, you won't. I want to talk to you about longevity in God does not mean audacious sun stand still faith. Jesus had this uncanny ability to take people by surprise. <clears throat> they were not always pleased about it. See, Jesus sprung a surprise on the Nazareth crowd congregation in the, in the Word. He had returned to his hometown of Nazareth, which Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Jesus could not do any great miracles there, but he did heal a few people, the Bible said. And that Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. This is in Luke 4. And any adult male might be called upon to preach or teach on any particular Sabbath. And Jesus was handed a scroll from the book of Isaiah. And asked to preach on it. And he went straight to Isaiah 61. A messianic passage of great importance to the Hebrew people. And read these words to them. Here it is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. And set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came to give grace. Say, thank you for the grace of God, Lord. Thank you. Preach good news. Set captives free. Recover sight to the blind. Liberate the oppressed. Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then when Jesus was sure he had everyone's attention, he closed the scroll, gave it to a minister, sat down, and announced very simply, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I wonder if anybody could give the Lord a big old ovation and wish you had been there that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am that. I am what I just read. That's who I am. Woo. 
Folks, the gospel is neither discussion nor debate. It is an announcement. Jesus is here and he's here to save and he's here to heal and he's here to help and he's here to answer your prayer. Somebody help me preach right now. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Amen. I'm going to read a couple of passages here and, and please don't be bored because the word's powerful. Jesus does what he says he does. Matthew 15 said, Behold, a woman of Canaan came to the same, out of the same coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, the son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and sought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, he told her. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, the dogs do eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. I wonder how many people in this house would worship Jesus after his gang said, get her out of here. I wonder how many people would, would go and say, but the dogs do eat the crumbs. When he said it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. He literally referred to her as a canine. And she said truth Lord. <laughs> but the dogs do eat the crumbs. That fall from the table. Jesus realized he had run into somebody. That wasn't going to take no for an answer. And he said your daughter is made whole. Woman, I have not seen this kind of faith anywhere. And he did not find it in Israel. He did not find it in, 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 in Galilee. He did not find it in any part that he preached at. He went across the state line. He went across the province line. He went there one time and one time only. And he met the woman that got her daughter healed of a vicious devil attack. Here's what I want to tell you. It does not matter where you come from. Oh, hallelujah. It does not matter how you've been raised. It does not matter what people have said about this Jesus I'm preaching about tonight. You hear me? If you will worship him, if you will give your heart to him and tell him you can do all things, you are able to do exceeding abundantly. He will stop the whole program and heal your situation. Somebody clap your hands for that. That's the kind of faith he's looking for. And then let's go to Matthew 8. And Jesus entered to a Capernaum and there was a satyrian beseeching him. Saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you come under my roof. But just speak the word only. For my servant shall be healed, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes. And to my servant do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way, and as you have believed, so be it unto you. And his servant was healed the self same hour. Folks, these are people that had never encountered Jesus. 
And the Lord saw a woman with a daughter grievously vexed with the spirit, and a centurion with a servant that was dying with the palsy. And both of them were first-timers to Jesus and had faith to move him to say, this is the greatest I've ever seen. What I'm trying to say, you may have just walked in the door. You may have just come to this church for the first time last Sunday. This may be your second visit or your third time here, and you don't understand what I'm preaching about, but you hear me. I'm not preaching about me. I'm preaching about a Savior that will stop on a dime and turn around when he hears and feels faith out of you. If you will trust him, if you will ask him anything, he will do it in his name. In fact, he said, I'm, I, Paul said, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above that that you can ask or think. What I'm saying, if you can think it, God can do it. If you can think it, God can do it. It's time. It's really time. We've come out of a pandemic and we're in 2021. It's time to step into the goodness of God, to step into the miracles of God, to step into the grace of God, to step into family time of victory. Come on, don't drag that 2020 on you. Let's walk into victory with Jesus Christ. Is that all right? Both instances, great faith is spoken by the Lord. Both times, it's not an Israelite, not a person of his hometown. He could do no mighty works, Nazareth, but an unknown to the Hebrews, an outcast to the disciples, and a nobody in Jewish society. But the daughter was delivered, and the servant was healed, both in that hour. You know, in Matthew 20, it speaks of a vineyard that needed workers. And Jesus went, at, I mean, the, 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 the vineyard keeper went at 6 o'clock in the morning to get workers and told him he'd pay him a penny a day. He needed more workers at 9, more workers at noon, more workers at 3, and more workers at 5, the 11th hour. And when he went to get those guys, he said, I'll, be, I'll, I'll do you what's right. Let me tell you, let me tell you the 11th hour people that's walked in this house. Let me tell you, let me tell you about it because we're living in the closing days. It's getting ready to wrap up. But let me tell you about this God that I'm preaching about tonight. It doesn't matter if you've just joined the force. If you've just joined the army of the Lord, it doesn't matter. You can ask what you will, and he will give you your heart's desire. And ask big. Don't insult him by asking little. Ask big, and watch God do a great big thing in your life this year. The second principle is this. Our expression to God is God's tipping point. Our expression is His tipping point. He wants to help us. He wants to heal us. He wants to help our marriage. He wants to help you get your finances in order so that you can reflect God's good work. He can, they, that, that they can reflect God's work in their life. God wants to perform miracles in your life and in the life of this church. I believe that. I'm still a man that believes in the miraculous. Here's something you need to really grasp. Every miracle that has ever been done for you or for me can be traced back to a prayer that you prayed or that someone prayed for you. Let me say it again. Every miracle that's ever been done for you or for me can be traced back to a prayer that you prayed or that someone prayed for you. This is what we know from that. God has decided, hear, hear me, listen close, in His sovereignty, that some things will only happen as a response to bold 
sun stand still kinds of prayers. What that means is that there are some things that I need God to do. There are some impossible things in my life. There are some dreams that I'm dreaming that if I don't make them a matter of prayer, they simply won't happen in my life. Dream it and pray it. I've always said there's things that need to be refrigerator material in your home. One writer said, write the vision. Make it plain. Watch this now. So that he that readeth it will run. In other words, we'll get so excited they can't stand still. You need to dream a dream so big and pray a prayer so bold and write it down that people that read it say, good night, what in the world's happening to them? I want some of that. I want some of that. You know, Jacob wrestled with an angel all night, and when he left that place, his name was Israel. He was a prince with God. And when he met his brother Esau, who had been looking for him and wanting to kill him, Esau just fell on him and wept. You hear me. When God touches your dreams, when God touches your prayer, when God touches your heart, people that you contact that used to be your enemies will become nothing but just weeping willows in your presence because God will make you stronger than any enemy that you fight and face in this world because you're praying audacious prayers. You're changing your heart. You're changing your atmosphere. You're changing everything you are. It's time to have that kind of prayer in your life. Audacious, audacious prayer. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 9, I'm almost finished. That's the truth. Not quite, Randy, but I'm almost finished. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 9, in fact, I go back 51 years this August 23rd. <laughs> I preached my first sermon. This was my text. This was my text. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why that I'm referring to this. It just kind of popped up in my mind. But there's a story of a young man who's possessed by an evil spirit. I'm, I'm talking about evil spirits sometime tonight a little bit, aren't I? The tri disciples try to cast the demon out and they're unsuccessful. And Jesus comes along and rebukes that evil spirit and leaves the boy alone. The spirit goes out. And the disciples are confused and they say, why weren't we able to do that? To which Jesus replies in verse 29, this kind comes out only by prayer. And he, and he said fasting. Prayer and fasting. I realize the context is spirit possession, but I want to make a point here. There are some things in your life and in mind, some hang-ups, some breakdowns that will only be fixed, only come out by some serious prayer and not by sheer willpower or human ingenuity alone. There's some things you just can't do without God. I believe that. The scripture said, we have not because we ask not. So, I know some of you are going to go home and you'll say, God, let me ask you this. 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 <laughs> God is not bothered by that. God's not bothered by that. A parent may be when his kid comes up and does that. But God's not bothered by that. How many miracles have not happened simply because we've not had the faith, and the knowledge, or the belief to pray and ask God for it? Yeah, but pastor, but I don't really know how to pray like that. I don't really live a perfect life that God will honor my request. Guess what? 
Neither do any, does it, anyone in the Bible. There was no perfection in the Bible except Jesus Christ. God is not limited by my eloquence or lack thereof. And God is not limited by my perfection or lack of my perfection. He takes imperfect people and does great things. Great things. So what do you need God to do in your life? What dream of yours do you need God to help you with? Is it a broken relationship? Is it a financial breakthrough? Is it a new job or perhaps a better job? Is it a spiritual breakthrough? Emotional or physical healing? Is it loved ones who are far from God? Is it Holy Spirit power that you need to help you overcome some things in life? Is it purpose for your life? Is it a dream that you want to see happen? Is it ministry resources and momentum? Turn with me really quick to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20. Jesus and His disciples were leaving Jericho. A large crowd followed Him. And two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. <laughs> when somebody recognized Him as the Son of David, they knew He was Messianic. He was the Son of David the King. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and followed him. Here are these two blind men on the road to Damascus. We remember what happened in Jericho, don't we? On the road to Jericho, I mean, not Damascus, Jericho. We remember what happened in Jericho, don't we? You remember what happened in Jericho? Walls came down. God's promise lays in front of the people of Israel that there is this giant obstacle in their path, and it's a, it's a form of a thick walled city. And they march around it for seven days, and on the seventh time around, on the seventh day, they give this great shout that moves the Richter scale, and the walls come tumbling down. And God delivers a 400 year old promise to the Israelites. Why walk around the walls, Pastor? Doesn't make sense. What makes sense is a battering ram or fiery arrows or a siege or ladders or catapults, but a march, really a march? Just remember that when God answers your prayer, He may use methods that don't make any sense to you or to those around you. That's why it's called faith. Faith, faith. I have no idea why we're doing this, they said, but this is what God said to do, so we're going to do it. Audacious faith isn't for the proud heart. Sometimes what God asks you to do may seem and make you feel foolish, but you do it anyway. My, my question is, are you desperate enough to get your breakthrough, your answer, your son stands still miracle? Are you desperate enough? So here are these two blind guys on this road. Jesus is going to Jericho, and they hear Jesus is passing by, and they hail him like they're hailing a taxi or something. They're shouting and yelling just like the people had done a thousand years earlier in another miracle at that same city. And the crowd and the disciples try to silence him. Be quiet. Can't you see it's Jesus? We've got to be proper. They see him as a human interruption. But Jesus sees them as a divine appointment. He asked them something I think is amazing. Kind of like a question when he finds the family crying because a little 12-year-old girl has died. 
Jairus' daughter, why are you crying? He asked him, seriously, Lord, why are we crying? The two blind guys say, help us please, okay. What do you want for me to do to you, Jesus said. Isn't it obvious what they need? You're God, shouldn't you already know what our deal is? We're a couple of blind beggars. What do you think we need? But Jesus isn't calloused or clueless. He knows what they need, but he wants them to define and articulate exactly what they need him to do. I remember when I quit praying those prayers, Lord, just help me tonight, help me tonight, help me tonight, help me tonight, when I was going to the platform to preach. I was a young preacher, help me tonight. And God said, help you what? Help you walk? He asked me, help you walk? Help you preach? What do you want me to help you with? And I remember when I started to articulate things to God. And I said, Lord, I tell you what, I'd like to see some miracles tonight in the house. Is that too much to ask? He said, that's little. What kind of miracles you want to see? And when I was studying this this week, I got to crying because it took me back when I was daring and bold and audacious. And I looked the devil right in the eye and say, you're not going to take this service away from us. I walked out one day on a Sunday morning and there was a baby in the house that had water on the brain. Hydrocephalic condition. And the Lord said, what do you want? I said, Lord, I'd like for that baby to be healed. And the Lord said, well, I'm here. What are you going to do about it? I was scared to death. I was a young pastor. I couldn't even spell pastor. I was a young pastor. And I just heard myself saying, ma'am, you that has the baby, would you bring that baby down here? I just feel like praying. I was preaching. I said, I feel like praying for that baby right now. I'm not Benny Hinn. I don't even know Benny Hinn. He probably don't know me either. (laughs) But she brought the baby down, and I gathered three or four elders together. The Bible said we should. And we prayed. Then it was over. And uh, I turned to walk back and dismiss the crowd. God says, Is that all you're going to do? And I said, no, I'm going to do some more. What do you want me to do? I said, tell her the baby is healed. If you ask me to heal that baby, tell her the baby is healed. I got one more thing to say. I was scared out of my wits. That baby is healed. She turned around and she said, I, I, I received that. I believe that. And I said, in fact, I just, got, I just stepped right out and I said, take that baby to the doctor tomorrow and have the doctors examine that baby. I think you'll see a, a whole baby. She took the baby to the doctor. The nurse came out and said, it's not your appointment time, ma'am. Her name was Linda. She said, it's not your appointment time. She said, I know it. But I, uh, 
I was told to bring the baby in and get it checked today. And so the doctors loved her, loved this woman and loved the little baby. And so the doctor took her in, took the baby in and checked her out and called another doctor in, called another doctor in. They all three checked her out and they turned to the mother and said, have you been going to another doctor? <laughs> she said, yes. I said, well, what's his name? What, what has he done? She said, well, his name is Jesus. And he's And my church told me to bring this baby to you today because Jesus has healed this baby. And it was a, it was a, it was a miracle. It was just a flat miracle. Long story short, many years later, I was preaching in another state, a camp. I was preaching a camp in another state and the family that this little baby belonged to had moved away from our church. I'm not telling this emotionally, I'm just telling it factually. And I was walking across the grounds, it was a camp meeting, I was walking across the grounds and I heard this little voice, Pastor Rex, Pastor Rex. And I turned and I didn't recognize the, the child. She'd grown, it'd been several years. And then I looked up and saw a mom that I recognized. And that baby hugged me and she said, my parents tell me that you prayed for me when I was a baby and God healed me. And she hugged me and she wanted to go to the platform with me and sit by me while I preached. And I wouldn't let her, but I did tell her story that night. You know, the wonderful Asher family that you saw their story on Easter, this is what we're about. We're about the, the power of God. We're about the healing propensity of Jesus Christ. We're about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Listen to me. If God can save the worst sinner, He can heal the worst disease. If God can lift up the most disabled person, He can lift up the most hurting heart. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Does somebody have faith to believe that God can do anything? Get on your feet. Come on, clap your hands. Rejoice in that. Come on, rejoice in that. Let's have a rejoicing session. Let's have a rejoicing session here a little bit. Rejoice in that tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody say, I believe that God can, that God will. He's already done it. He'll do it again. That's the God that I worship, the God that I serve. Hey, 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 hey. Don't listen to the banner of the world. God is still a miracle, God. What do you want me to do for you? He's asking tonight. What do you want? We're going to close this service tonight. And we're going to raise our hands and we're going to ask God for some things in our own life.
Hebrews 11.1 1 said, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And Mark 9.23 says, anything is possible to him who believes. Believes. So I want you all to raise your hand. We're getting accustomed to the new building, accustomed to what we're doing here. We got new people. We got people that have never been a part of spirit-filled living. But I want you to lift your hands all over the house. And I want you to open in your mouth and start articulating to God what you desire Him to do. Don't worry about who's praying beside you. We're not going to pray together. We're going to pray separately tonight because He hears us all. And just start talking to God about what you want Him to do and what you need in your life. And if you believe that with all your heart, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above that, that you can ask or think. Go ahead and sing it, kids. Go ahead and sing it. So open your mouth. So open your mouth. Come on, open your mouth and start saying, God, this is what I need in my life. This is what I need in my life. This is what I need in my life. I need this in my life. I need my family to be healed. I need my kids to be saved. I need my husband to find you. I need my wife to know who you are. I need a job. I need something to go on in my life. I need some faith. I need faith to make it through life. I, I'm devoid of faith. Give me faith in my heart. Give me faith in my heart. Hallelujah. You that's online listening tonight, right in your home, lift your hands right now and say, God, we need a miracle in our home. We need a miracle in our home. Send a miracle to us. Let us be fed by the miraculous. Let us live and believe that you are able. You are able. You're able. You're able. You're able. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, do a work. 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 Dear Father, I have put myself out here tonight bragging on you, bragging on who you are, talking about your awesomeness and might. And God, I'll go home tonight and lay down my head upon my pillow knowing that I've done you right tonight. I've done you right. But God, let people grasp, grasp this in their hearts. That faith is the only way to realization of what you can do in their life. Without faith, it's impossible to please you. Let us have faith. Let us pray audacious prayers. Let us have audacious faith. And let us believe. And Lord, let what we speak and what we pray be the tipping point of what you do in our life. Because everybody needs prayer and we all need to pray. Thank you for people that have war rooms. Thank you for people that sacrifice their time and pray during the day.
Thank you for moms and dads that keep calling your name, driving down the highways of life. We need you in our lives. Now take us from this place, but never from your presence. And let us realize that we have a wonderful, wonderful companion in our life. The almighty God, our senior partner, the one we look to as the author and finisher of faith. And we love you tonight. And we'll come back again Sunday to magnify your name. And we'll see another wonderful story of truth to help people find their way. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you on the count of three to just open up your mouth. I'm going to count three. I want you to open up your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. This is what I want you to say. Thank you, Lord, for the word. And thank you, Lord, for your name. And thank you, Lord, for our future. Amen. Amen. You ready? One, two, three. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you, Lord, for your name. Thank you, Lord, for the future. We've got a great one because of your word, your name, and our tomorrows. I love you. I love you. You're awesome. Leave in peace and come back in better peace. I love you. 